Good morning, everyone. How good the Yid is already coming to the Shir. We're just getting on the way. Okay. Um, so this week I'm on delay. Everything is on delay, including the Thursday night Shir is happening Friday morning. The Monday Shir happened Thursday afternoon. So uh, that's it. This year today was dedicated by and sponsored by Mushka in honor of her birthday. And for Rafu Shalema, Fahuva Zilpa Bas Rachel Bina. Should have a complete Rafu Shalema, completely good and well, in a miraculous way. Mamish now. And Shnas Bracha Natslacha to you, Mushka, for, for everything, uh, with every all the blessings, a lot of success, a lot of light, a lot, a lot of goodness, happiness, and uh, whatever you're wishing for, nigla in the complete and revealed good. Okay. So we are holding over here. So where are we holding? There's a mimer we learned. Uh, we started three weeks ago, and we fin- and last week I was going to finish it, and I got super tired when I was teaching Thursday night, and I didn't finish. So I would like to finish it right now. Finish this mimer. This is in Pasha Shalach. So this is still two weeks ago, Pasha Shalach. We want to finish this mimer holding by Siv Dalid Ani Avaya Lekechem, the last part of the mimer. Okay, so we're going to finish that, and Be'ezus Hashem, I plan. A little later in the afternoon, a little later in the day, to teach the chuk, to begin a chukas mimer, because this week is Pasha's chukas. So to start a chukas, and when they're, they're, what's left over in Pasha's chukas, according to what I see, are only explanations on my marim, and they're pretty long. So my plan is to start this week, and next week, Pasha's balak, there's no more my marim, so we can continue the Pasha's chukas. And some weeks, chukas balak go together, so it wouldn't be a bad idea. That's the plan. If, oh, here I see a short beer. Uh, so maybe we'll do that. We'll see. We'll do it one week or we'll do it two week. We'll see what we're going to do. But as Okay, there's a few beerim over here that are seem to be really what we might call juicy, juicy beerim. But we'll get to that. Now we're holding over here by Ania Vayalakechem. Um, so to summer, to just to give a, uh, again, this is a continuation, so it would help if you learn, if you listen to the first class, Ania Shemalakechem, part one, and then Ania Shemalakechem, part two, because this is just a conclusion. And I'm assuming that those that are going to be uh, gaining the most out of this and are those that have learned the first two parts with us, and this is part number three. So um, this is on Parsha Sitzis, which means the end of Parsha Shalach, where, we, where the last verse, God is signing off the mitzvah of wearing the fringes at the corner of our clothing with the, with, with the statement, I am God your God, I've took you out of Egypt. And then he repeats it a second time, I am God your God, I've taken you, took you out of Egypt. So he asked the question, why the repetition twice, I am Hashem, your Hashem? And he also asked the mimer, he also asked the question, what's the connection of this verse to the mitzvah of tzitzis, how does it connect? And why in general is mitzvah tzitzis connected to Kriya Shema? Because the reciting of the Shema and 
is one mitzvah, and we know that today, the way we recite the Shema is we say all three paragraphs, which the last one has nothing to do with the acceptance of God's kingship. It does, it's about a particular mitzvah, the mitzvah of tzitzis, it's just that um, the reason we say it is because there's a mitzvah, another mitzvah, to mention the going out of Egypt every day. So the question is, it's a separate mitzvah, so why attach it to the Shema? That was the question. And the other question that he asked, is why, why, if we want to do fulfill the mitzvah, remembering the day we went out of Egypt every day, why choose a verse, this verse, it says, I am God, your God took you out of Egypt. Obviously, it, fulfill, it fulfills the criteria, because you're mentioning you're going out of Egypt, but why not mention the verse that says specifically, so that you should remember the day you went out of Egypt all the days of your life, which that's the mitzvah, in other words, in that verse, you have the commandment to remember going out of Egypt. So saying that would qualify and would be more appropriate, more connected to the actual commandment. You should remember the day you went out of Egypt. That's the questions that he asked. He began to explain the idea that the Jewish people are called Yisrael. They're called, which Yisrael stands for, Israel stands for Lirosh, to me a head. And he went on to explain that the head, the reason we're called God's head, is because the head is primarily referring to the skull. Skull is the level of, which would mean God's skull, even though God is not in the is not is not a human, not physical, and not even metaphysical, and not even super metaphysical, and so on and so forth, beyond 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 beyond. Yet there is God does present Himself in the image of a man, like we see from the prophets, and obviously this this has to be uh, removed. Uh, infinite amount of removals from anything we understand in terms of the shape and form of a human, but there's still the concept that God does want us to relate to and appreciate the idea that he has certain features that are, that we can relate to in the sense that, you know, we can have some sense of who that we're connecting to, uh, a compassionate being, a caring being, a kind being, which these are all part of the human psyche, and on an infinitely higher way, it relates to God as well. So just like there is the various different emotions, there's also God's intelligence. And just like in the human being, beyond the intelligence is the will. The will is a drive higher than a person's in intelligence. Uh, many times will is directed by intelligence, but some, many times will overrides intelligence. Because even intelligence is directed by will. Your mind is controlled by will. If you want to understand a certain subject, you will learn it and the mind will obey the will and will explore and gain an understanding in the subject. If, you're, if you don't want to learn this subject, then, even, then the mind will not really get it. It won't, it won't, it won't appreciate it. It won't, uh, it won't um, so the, the will opens and shuts every program in the person because the will is very much identified with the human soul transcending the features of the soul. There are the features of the soul, the specific powers of the soul, and then there is the soul itself, what we might call the very I, the very being. And therefore, that controls all the features. Intellect is one of the features of the soul, one of the powers of the soul. So, um, and therefore, uh, skull, which is above the intellect, above the mind, is referred to as will. But we learned that, the, that in some way, the will is also considered external because something, it's the I, but the... It's the visible side of the eye. The person's will is where you see the eye. The eye ex reveals itself. What are you all about? In your will, you can see what you're all about, what you want, what you're striving for, what you're driven by. 
So the will tells us a lot, it's you as you expose yourself to the outside. But there's a deeper level of I, and that is what motivates will, is who you are in essence, and that's what your pleasure is. That, that's who you are in essence. Where is my pleasure? Pleasure is deeper even than will. So that's, we've spoken the mimer, that keser, crown, which is, re, which is the level above intellect, which is related more to the skull, um, is indicative of this level called keser. And keser has two levels of it. There is the pneumius of the keser, the innermost of the keser, which is the, the, the level of pleasure. And, and we, I'm not going to get into it right now, but we also spoke higher intelligence. Not re included in this level is even higher intelligence, which means not an intelligence, not a, an intellect that is revealed and, and, and in our consciousness, so to speak, but the super source of in intelligence as it is rooted in the essence of a person's being. Um, that is included in the pneumius, in the innermost of the very eye of the person. And then there is the external part of the eye, which is will. And the will is either motivated by hidden intelligence or it's motivated by pleasure, which is even beyond all intelligence, in a deeper, deeper state of self, of inner self. So as, it, as this... Like we see in the human being, that, you're, that our, our, our will and our drive is conducted by these deeper forces. When God, relating to God in creation, God's interaction with the creation on its own, on its, uh, as it is from the created state, as it, is, as it is in the initial state of existence, God's interaction with creation is from, um, is, is from his emotions, primarily from his speech. Um, perhaps we can say that God's interaction with the creation is on an emotional level, which all these things, speech and emotion, is considered external to the real human being. And the emotions of God is inspired and directed by God's intelligence, so we can, in some distant way, connect the divine intelligence also to, um, to creation. But in terms of will, in terms of keser, in terms of real inner desire, there is not much on, in it of itself of God's true will in a creation. So the, the very eye of God is not so much involved by the very notion of creation. Obviously, to a certain degree, a little droplet of it had to be motivating or else nothing would have been motivated into existence. The, the whole process of the creation of the cosmos and existence in the universe would have never came to be. So there had to be some droplet, if you can say, of will that's driving it. But as it's explained, and I'm not gonna get into it right now because we discussed it in the earlier classes, uh, it's a very, very minuscule, if you can say. So the skull is not really that much involved and engaged in, 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 in in invested, best word would be invested in the, in the project. Um, although, even if God is investing his speech and in his emotions, creation is very rich and has so much energy and so much life, but compared to what it would be like if God would truly get engaged and truly get invested, um, it's incomparable. It, it's infinitely incomparable. So, to 
to engage God's will, that's where the Jewish people come in. That's why we're called his head, because we draw down his skull. We're rooted, the Jewish souls are rooted in Keter, in the crown, in God's will. And the transcending creation, transcending all of existence, our souls, as our souls are rooted in the essence. And, but, and, and therefore, our souls can motivate will. And how do we motivate will? By going even deeper than will, by stoking God's pleasure. By stoking God's pleasure, we motivate the will. That's the idea. And how is it that we motivate and stoke God's pleasure? What gives God pleasure? Now, here's the thing. To be a soul in heaven, we don't have that power. Souls, neshamis in heaven, are lacking that, that ability to reach and to touch and to inspire and to trigger um, the infinite, the, the transcendence, the keser. The, can't, we can't do that. Because there's... God is not impressed by the soul's excitement about God. Not only about the soul, about all the angels and angelic celestial beings. Their excitement and their subordination to God doesn't excite God because it's all meaningless to him. There's only one thing that does excite him is when we are enclosed in our physical bodies and yet we recognize and which is so, in which God is so blocked and which we are prone to see the world as important and great and magnificent and excitable and so on and so forth, and therefore chase after all the pleasures and delights, make our lives goal um, amassing a fortune and experiencing all the delights and happinesses that the world has to offer. And when a human being is smarter than that, and particularly it's embedded in the Jewish soul that recognizes when we say Shema Yisrael, that's the whole idea. We say, listen, oh, hear, O Israel. We're, we're, we're awakening our Israel source. Even when we're in a body, we are recognized and we remember, so to speak. Shema Yisrael is like a memory. Remember when you were once <laughs> included in the infinite light, infinitely above creation. Remember when you're in, rooted in that place. And in there, creation is meaningless. And to the point where we say, Hashem Elokein Hashem that God is the only reality. Nothing exists because creation doesn't exist. From that infinite standpoint, there's nothing. Creation is so nothing that it doesn't even, it doesn't deserve even a blink of attention. That's how nothingness it is. And we declare that declaration. And the emotional response to that, to that awareness, to that recognition, the, 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 the state of, 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 of motivation that happens is that we become completely demotivated from anything worldly and all of our emotion and all of our striving and all of our energy it becomes just towards the infinite. And we want him, that's the thing. And we realize how we don't have him when we're, when we're swimming in the pool of creation, when we're swimming in this tiny little swimming pool. And this is our entire reality and our entire excitement zone. <laughs> and we realize how nothing it is. So that creates the yearning for the infinite. And that's why right after we say the Shema, we cry out, Vahafta, so you will love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your... Infinite, with all this, with all this desire to transcend and break free from the limitations of finite existence. That means, give me all the pleasure in the world, and give me all the delights, and give me all everything that that the physical and the spiritual has to offer, and it becomes meaningless because all we want is true existence, which is infinitely bigger and outside, and not invested, and therefore not accessible in creation, only outside of creation. And that's the excitement. And when a soul enclosed in a body can recognize that, that's amusing to God, literally amusing, because he doesn't expect that. Because the, it's like he says that in a capture, uh, the attention of a king is through, is through a parrot talking. 
When a parrot talks, it's exciting to the king because you don't expect the parrot to talk. That's the idea that we learned. And when we yearn, we're actually stimulating and we're catching, we're connecting, we're attaching, we're bonding. We're, 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 become, we're, we're becoming interesting, so to speak, in the eyes of the truly infinite transcendental being. And that's our role as Jews, to pine and yearn for this, for this infinite but. This is only half of it. Because the point is not exiting. God did not create us so that we exit this existing. The notion, the feeling over here is one of exiting. When we appreciate this truth and we appreciate it deeply, to the point that it really internalizes inside of us and we can really feel it. And therefore we become absolutely obsessed, crazy about this, about this uh, nothingness of existence and our, all of our fire is directed suddenly towards the infinite. Then what we do is we've attracted, we've connected to the infinite. But now the point over here is to direct God's very self back into the creation. Because God ultimately created the world to be his home. And our home means where he himself will live. Which means not only his will, but his entire pleasure. And his beingness is found in this physical little earth down here below. And that's the second half of it. After we pray and after we yearn and after we expire, so to speak, or almost reach the point of expiration from our bodies... At that point, we say no, we hit the, we, we screech on the brakes, we hold back. We turn around and we say, God, I know what you really desire is that I should find you and make you a nest. Even though this world is nothing to your eyes, you still want this world to be your nest and to be your home. So let me drive you down into this world. How? By, by learning God's Torah, which is God's inner wish and inner intelligence and inner desire and inner pleasure. We, and by doing his mitzvot, we channel God's presence, the infinite, back into the creation. And we make this world ultimately a home for him. And that's the idea that when the Jewish people say, Amen Yehesh Abba Mavarach, he says, when we say, go three times a day, and we say, may, the, may his great name be blessed, forever and ever, it says God shakes his head. The shaking of God's head primarily means we're, 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 his, we're moving his skull, and we're, which way are we moving it? We're moving it downward. We're, we're getting God himself to be interested in descending into the creation. And what we're doing for the creation then is giving creation the, the, the greatest gift in the sense that we're giving, we're making, let me put it in other words, we're making the greatest contribution. And that is that in the messianic age, the finite will be a host for the infinite. And even what transcends the infinite for the essence. And that's the Jewish purpose in this world to connect the world to God that's the purpose and again all this is revealed when Mashiach comes so the last thing we learned was Ulam um, uh, I'm going to go back and, and save Gimel just a little bit all the flow this is on page Memtes and Pasha Shalach all the drawing downs all the downloads that we're drawing down now is still concealed and the main revelation, it's going to be in the future by the resurrection of the dead. When all souls of Israel will be elevated, because nobody is going to be cast away from him. It's only when, at the end, see, every Jew has his part in channeling, in stimulating and then channeling. 
and every soul has its, has its purpose. Some people do it all their life, and some people do one mitzvah in which they fulfill their role. And only God knows what the objective is and how much every soul, and we know since there's a concept of reincarnation, so many souls got the job done already in previous stages. Maybe you'll look at someone who's not so invested and engaged. This doesn't mean they're not part of the work, because everybody, you know, only with God's infinite, and obviously we all have to try our hardest to make this doing of mitzvahs and this connection, transcendental experiences, you know, um, more constant in our life. But again, at the end of time, we know even those that get distracted, because the Yetzirah tries to distract us all the time from this, so even those who get distracted, in the end, no one is going to be cast away forever. And the, and the verse also says, my bride, you're all beautiful. Amazing, my all beautiful. That means we need all the Jewish people. So God looks at the Jewish people as one being, and he says, you're all beautiful, there's no defect. And then at that time, and then it will be fulfilled what it says, bless us, Father. What's the blessing? That he himself will descend into the world. That's the blessing. And obviously, when he himself descends into this world, the world will be infinitely sweeter, infinitely, endlessly, boundlessly more blessed. Everything in life will be endlessly richer, and goodness will be just boundless. So we say, bless us, Father. And the, the deeper meaning of it is not just give us a blessing. Bless us by downloading yourself to us. Bless us with you yourself, our Father coming to live with us. And But why? Because we're all unified already. We, we've completed the work and we're all unified. When we're all there, you can't just have, oh, just one sect or one group that's, that's doing it. It's, it. The point of the air is, you know, we're the ones. It doesn't work that way. You need all the Jewish people, all the tribes, all of Israel, everybody together. Then, Barcheinu, let this great blessing descend. And all the deed of, all the actions of mitzvahs and all the Torah study that the Jewish people have done throughout all the time in this world. The purpose of everything, is to draw down the infinite one blessed to see. But now, now we do the download and we're actually bringing him down, but it's not in a revealed state. It's like giving and having a sealed envelope. It's being given now, but it's still sealed. Like we, we, we draw it down, but it's a zip file that you don't have the access to open it, or not a zip, yeah, a zip file also, but it's also like a, a closed a closed download. You don't have, we can't open it yet. We'll click open. It's like, you know, you, you download a, a, a new app. You know, and while the download is downloading, it doesn't let you open. As soon as the download is complete, it, 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 it shows you uh, uh, the, the, the button that says open. Then you can click open. So as soon as we finish the work of downloading the infinite down here below, which by the way, the Lubavitcher Rebbe said we finished already. And he said now is the time to open it. And that's why he called upon us to open our eyes, to begin the process of opening and seeing Mashiach already. But in any ways, here the Alter Rebbe is talking 200 years ago. And he says it's still in a state of matan b'seser. It's given in a hidden way. And in the future, schar mitzvah, the reward of the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. What's the mitzvah? The bonding with God's very self. From the mitzvah itself, it will open up. And it will be so amazing and awesome. And he says, 
We plan tzedakah, which we're doing now. Now we plan tzedakah. Matzmiach Yeshua is, we plant the mitzvahs now. It's like planting, uh, and but matzmiach, it will sprout forth Yeshua's uh, salvation. Simply it means every time you do tzedakah, you plant tzedakah, and then, oh God, it's referring to God simply. God plants righteousness in the world, and he makes grow from it Yeshua. But what's the deeper meaning? God plants the righteousness through us doing mitzvahs. He puts the seeds of himself into this world, but it's not yet revealed. And then when, when the time of, of Mashiach is here, Matzmiach, it sprouts forth from what has been planted already. What Yeshua, why is it called salvation, Yeshua, salvation? It's not only because it's going to save us from all the troubles and all the bad stuff, which usually is what we mean a Yeshua, a salvation. Yeshua means also from the word um, turning. Like it says, like it says that God turned to Hevel. That means Hevel tried to attract. Hevel is the son of Adam, right? He tried to attract God by offering a gift, and God did was attracted to his to his call, to his attempt. God responded, and it says that God turned. The idea of turning is when a is the idea that a person turns with his entire self. Not just like, you know, responding externally, but like giving you your full attention and completely being present. God completely was present to heaven. Here we saying, as a result of tzedakah we do, we're calling God's very self to be present in the world. There should be a revelation of the orange self of the infinite, one below. Begufa is dafka, dafka in bodies. Was the point over here is to bring God down, Dafka, to reveal himself in the physical, um, which is one of the ideas that we know that the ultimate state, as we say, is which is the resurrection of the dead, which is the ultimate stage of existence. Not like Maimonides believed that the ultimate stage of existence is in a soul without a body, but like the Kabbalists believe, Nachmanides, is that ultimately the final stage is going to be down here. And the godly light and the godly revelations that are going to take place down here in this world is going to be in a much higher level, even from that which is revealed now in the supernal, in the supernal paradise, in the supernal Garden of Eden. As we know that there are many levels of Garden of Eden and souls are having this magnificent party and they go higher and higher and higher in spiritual delights and ecstasy and bliss. And we have zero understanding of how blissful and how beautiful and how magnificently pleasurable these experiences are <laughs> as we say there's something to die for that's why we all die to go to the to the experiences of the other world they're just otherworldly like we right um, but and in that there is levels upon levels and levels and yet we say the greatest experiences of heaven are going to be zero meaningless the greatest experiences in heaven are going to be meaningless compared to the intensity of the revelation that's going to happen down here on earth because in heaven, it's only a glimmer of God's ray. On earth, it's going to be God's very self. And the proof is, because God is going to cause all the great souls that are already sitting in, the, in Gan Eden for so many years, they are going to make a, 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 a complete 180 turnaround and come back to earth. Because even the greatest tzaddikim, even the greatest tzaddikim, Avram and Moshe, Avram and Moshe, you see, he came just at the right time. The biggest tzaddikim, Avram and Moshe, Shehem Berum Amaylis, that they are on the highest levels. Shebegan Eden Elyon, 
they are in the highest levels of Gan Eden, Elyon, this highest in Gan Eden. Again, we have souls that are there already. And like the Tzemach Tzedek adds, not here, but in the, for 3,000 years, they're climbing the ladder of bliss, deeper and deeper and higher. Well, why is it more blissful? Because there's more godly revelation. The more godly revelation, the more pleasurable it is. God is a source of pleasure. But yet all those souls, Yislap Shu Begufim, are going to come Begufais. They're going to come back into bodies. The they will get up at the resurrection down here in a physical body. Behind you, and that is because only in this world, in our world, there can be a greater revelation. Because the end is wedged in the beginning. That means that the, the, the physical, which is the last stage of creation, which is the farthest away, so to speak, from the source, yet we know the rule that the end is wedged in the beginning and the beginning is edged in the end. In the end. So there is a connection between the beginning point and the end point. So, so precisely the lowest, and the, which is the most removed from, from divine experience, the most dense, the most ungodly, will become godlier and the godliest. The Saif Maisa and the end of action, all of the I had a whole conversation with a Muslim um, um, Uber driver this week. He picked me up in Chicago. He was taking me to the airport five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we had a discussion. He was asking me what Judaism, what Judaism believes in heaven, and how how you know who goes to heaven. And he's busy all this whole day, and he's telling me that Islam. He's telling me how Islam believes that only those who believe in Islam are going to go to heaven. He's telling me the whole thing, and no one else. Even if you're a good person, you're not going to go. And so, and I was telling Judaism doesn't definitely believe, but I said, why do you want to go to heaven? I said, play. <laughs> not about heaven. It was such an eye opener. I said, it's not about heaven. Heaven is a nice is a nice waiting, waiting place. The objective is not heaven. The objective is to make this godly world, this ungodly world godly. And that's where, the, that's where it's really at. And every human being has a part in it. And everybody's going to participate. And the Jewish people have a, the primary role in this transformation, for whatever reason. Um, in this world, it can be a greater revelation. And what God, when God created the entire process of creation, what, what did He see first before He gets before He creates all the spiritual realms? What did He envision? He envisioned the physical earth as being His home. And then in order to get to the physical earth, to get to the physical existence, the physical planet, he, he mapped out the entire spiritual cosmos. So what do we see that the spiritual, it's like a person. Let me give an example, a human being. When you, you know, decide you're making your, a dream home, you're gonna have your, you know, you're finally gonna build yourself a house. So you're gonna have a whole bunch of stages until you get, you're gonna have the, the blueprints and the and the, and the various different printouts and the various different architectural designs and all these things, they're all stages. And you're gonna think about it in your thought and you're gonna divide, you know, and get all these things. You're gonna meet with designers and, 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 and home decorators and all, all this situation. And they're gonna give all kinds of ideas. But the, when you initially thought about the house, did you think about home decorators and designers and architects and builders and general contractors? and all the designs that they're gonna make, or did you think about the final product? You saw something, you know, you saw a house in a, in a, in a, in a home magazine, and you said, wow, something like that. And, you, you, and, and that's, and you created your own image, but what did you create the image of? Of the actual house. And then afterwards, you build all the preliminary stages, and they're all here to serve the final product. So what did, the, the final stage of existence is the physical, and this is the most important. 
The Saif Maisa, and for this we're working so much in the physical, for all the accumulation of all the Torah and the mitzvot that we've done all the years. And that's the idea of it. it says, I am God, your God. I took you out of Egypt. So going out of Egypt is the experience of recognizing how meaningless life is without, without God himself. In other words, the, to experience creation for the sake of just the enjoyments of what is available now, currently in creation, before this great revelation of God's essence in this world, is all is called being stuck in Egypt. It's be called literally because we're not we're not seeing reality for what it is. It's like being being in a very narrow, narrow-minded state in which we can which we can substitute this fake pleasure, this fake you know enjoyment. When I mean fake, it's so cheap compared to real value. It's nothing. It only looks so enjoyable now. It looks it's only here to be a distraction. So if we buy into it, then we're in Egypt. God says, I'm helping you out of Egypt. I, 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 I've opened you, you up to experience the longing. Again, because again, in order to invite God in through a mitzvah, we first have to yearn for him. Only when we want him will he channel himself down. The channeling happens when we do the mitzvah. But the connection we make through him is through our yearning for him. And that part is, I could, I've taken you out of Egypt. I've enabled you to yearn for me. That's because God took us out of Egypt then and revealed his transcendental self by the, when we went out of Egypt, by the splitting of the sea and by the giving of the Torah at Sinai. At these three experiences, we got to see trans, the true transcendence of God. We got a taste of it. And since then, we, it's, it's etched in our subconscious. And we can always like remember that. And that's why we have to remember the going out of Egypt every day. To, to bring ourselves back to that yearning, not to buy into the distractions that constantly pull us in. So to remember, so God says, I've taken you out of Egypt. And that's that experience. But then what's the purpose? That he will be for us down here. To you down here in this world, I will be your God. I will reveal myself in you and through you in this world. But it says in the future, I will be for you as a God, even though we're doing it now, but he will be. Because the revelation of this deep godly connection, the revelation of it, of God's presence in this world, is only in the future. So that's why it says, Lios lachem, I will be for you, Lelokim. So Lios la'asid, this is going to be in the future. But now he's going to deal in the last part, in, in Perek Dalit, he's going to deal with the two times, Ani Hashem Elokeichem. Why does it say twice? Ani Hashem Elokeichem, I am God, your God. Hine Yaakov, Omar. So he's, he's now going to first explain the idea. What does it mean, Ani Havaya Elokechem? There's a very deep secret in this idea of Ani, I, Havaya, which is God's name. I am your Lord, Elokechem. I'm your Lord. I'm your power, so to speak. Well, what's the idea? So we know there are two names of God. There's Elokim and there is Havaya, two primary names. Elokim represents God's mitigated self, God camouflaged self, God's reduced energy to create the to create the world. That's the concept of Elohim. And that's the name of God that's used in creation. Bereshus in the beginning, but Elohim, God created. That level of the divine is very minuscule, tiny, small. That's as we spoke earlier at the beginning, that, that's what's invested in creation itself. Havaya is generally referred to as the encompassing energy. The Soviv Kalam, the infinite light of God that it 
that, that surrounds all of creation, that is bigger than creation. Um, and to us, you know, even if we would be able to experience the godliness of Elohim, would be awesome. And who and, and forget about Havaya. Havaya, if you have a revelation of an infinite, infinite light, that's like, that's, that's off the charts. Because so that's called, in, in Hasidus, that's referred to in Kabbalistic terminology, it's called Sov of Kalam. It's infinitely higher than Elohim. Elohim is tiny and small compared to crumb, compared to Havaya, which is the encompassing energy of God. But if you remember earlier, even Havaya has a relationship to creation. Because Havaya means he brings beingness into being. Havaya, he creates beingness. He, so the way he's bringing beingness into creation, into existence, is by remaining, by still being above, and not by lowering himself down. Elohim is God's energy which lowers itself down. He, he adapts, contracts, adjusts his, his energy to the world. And the name of Elohim is different in every world. Because that's why Elohim is the only name in plural. Because God is revealing himself the power of Elohim, which is the enclosed light in the creation, adjusted light. It's tailored to each creation. So everybody's Elohim is different. The power of divine that's in every element, that's why the name Elohim is plural. Havaya is Echad, because he's equally influencing existence, so to speak, from the outside. He's everywhere, but he's still considered from the outside because it's bigger than our vessels, bigger than our containers. And it's all singular, it's one, because it's equal in all the worlds. It's equal to a stone, to an angel, and even to the divine attributes. Havaya is equally above them all. However, we learned in the beginning, if you remember, this is two weeks ago, or actually last week we'd really discussed it. Um, that's part two. We discussed that even Havaya, because it's called Tzolv of Kalam, and because it's called surrounding the creation, it has a relationship to the creation, it's not the true infinite. The real infinite is, is God's self, but even if we say not his self, self, but his projection of self, but when he's projecting himself not to anybody, just revealing himself, just, just shining, just emanating, just revealing who he is, just without any audience. Again, there is a revelation towards an audience. Then there is a revelation just, just revealing, just expressing himself. That's called Yehesh Meir Rabba. That's his great name. That's his infinite. That's what we're targeting. That's what we want to draw down. God as he is for himself. And we said over there that the Shmei Rabba, his great name, is infinitely higher, not just from the name of Elohim, but even from the name Havaya. And compared to Shmei Rabba, the great name of God, Here's what he's going to add. Havaya and Elohim are absolutely the same. There's no difference. Just like Elohim is meaningless, Havaya is also meaningless. They're both nothing compared to the revelation of Shmei Rabbah, of his great name. That's going to be revealed down here in the time of the resurrection. So that's, that's the meaning of that Shmei Rabbah equalizes Havai and Elohim. In other words, from the perspective of creation, from the perspective of worldly existence, there is no comparison whatsoever between Elohim and Havai. Elohim is kind of finite, and Havai is infinite. And therefore, there's no, nothing. that they're, they're infinitely separated. This is mega, and this is tiny. 
But compared to true infinity, Havaya infinity and finitude of Elohim are, abs are absolutely equal. No quality, no superiority over one to the other. And that's what he's saying over here. When I myself will reveal itself, Ani, Ani means God, God's very self, then Havaya Elokechem, that Havaya is going to be like Elokim. Havaya Elokechem, Havaya is going to be equal to Elokim. In other words, Havaya will also be considered a constriction. And that's why he says, we find the first one to say that was Jacob, Yaakov. Because Yaakov is the, the trailblazer of Torah and mitzvot. He's the prototype. He's the example. He's the source of all observance. He's the third of the forefathers. He's, he represents Torah and mitzvahs. So Yaakov says that eventually, he, Yaakov prays to God when he's on his way out to deal with the world. Because remember we said that all this is the reward of us sanctifying the world, of us elevating the world, dealing with the darkness, breaking through all the concealments and all the distractions, and revealing God in this world. Then we're finally going to reach to this great, great intimacy with God's very self. So Yaakov had the same story. He's going down to engage Chutzliaris, outside of Eretz Yisrael. He's going to engage the world of darkness. And over there he's going to He's, uh, he's going to transform the dark world of Haran and deal with his uncle Lavan, which represents all the distractions and all the lies that the world presents. Lavan was a cheater, a liar. So Yaakov prays, and he says, after I'm going to be done working, if God, you're going to protect me, you're going to watch me, and so on and so forth, then v'ahoyah Hashem li lelokim. And the words he uses, v'ahoyah havaya, that Yudke Vavke is going to be to me lelokim. Simply means you're going to be my God. Havaya is going to be my God. And now God is not his God. God is his God now too. What does he mean? You will then be my God. You will show me. And then the deeper meaning is, no, I will reach such a level of attachment to you through the work down here in the physical world because this is what you want, is that I'm going to reach a level where Havaya and Elohim are going to be equalized completely because I'm going to be attached to what transcends them both equally. And that's you yourself. So the same like Yaakov is saying that. In, and that's going to happen when I will return to my father's house. Veshafti Beshalom Obeisel, my father's house. His father's house is Isaac. Yitzchak. And Yitzchak represents the laughter. Yitzchak means laughter. The pleasure and the delight that's going to be revealed after the resurrection. That's Yitzchak. When I return to my father's house, what's going to be the experience in terms of the divine level that there's going to be such a grandiose revelation of God's very self that all the projections are going to be meaningless, that even Havaya, Yutke Vavke, is going to be the same like Elohim. Awesome. What does Havaya represent? Havaya represents on God's revelation of light. Lahavois, to bring into existence, and to give life. What is Elohim? Elohim represents contractions and concealments. So when Mashiach, at the time of the revelation, that even what is considered revelation in the current state of affairs is then going to be considered concealments. This great revelation, it's going to be considered as a concealing revelation. It's not to give me your truth, God. I will recognize that even Avaya is not the real deal. Why? 
because then we will have access to his very self. It's going to be considered like the name of Elohim, that is a concealing and an obscuring of God. And why is that going to be? Because there's going to be a revelation of the Orein Sof Baruch of the blessed to see. That is above, above the name Avaya, above, above Yudke Vavke. Like the Alter Reb explained already on Parshas Vayetze on this Pasch. And so too, when Mashiach will come. It's going to be a day, the sages say about the future, is that it's a day that's entirely long. A day that's entirely long. What does that mean, it's entirely long? What does that mean, it's entirely long? It's going to be long days? Okay, it's going to be a long day. Or you might want to say it's never going to end. The blissful, like now we have good days, we have times of when we had a temple, we had, we, had, we had redemptions, and they didn't last. After the day came the night. This is going to be long, it's going to go on forever and ever and ever. Okay, so call it Yom Sha'arach, a day that's long. What does it mean, Shekulay Arach? It's entirely long. So he explains, the Hainu She'em by Rosh Club. When you say something is entirely long, means even at the beginning it's already long. How is it long already at the beginning? Something becomes long when it continues. Imagine if tomorrow, let's not talk about tomorrow, let's talk about today. Let's say today is the great day Mashiach comes and we enter into a time where there's no more night. <laughs> there's only day. And the sun will never set. Spiritually, whatever the meaning is, it will never set. I'm not saying that Mashiach won't say, I'm just giving, let's say, an example. So at which point will it start getting long? You know, we'll start getting tired. <laughs> when is the sun going down? You know, three, four hours later, okay. Twelve hours past sunset, and it's right, we're going to start feeling, oh, it's a pretty long day. So the long is going to start getting when it's long. Is it the first moment now already long? No, now it's not yet long. So what does it mean? It's, a, it's a long from the beginning. He says that's only possible by something that has no beginning and has no end. So what does that mean? Obviously Mashiach has a beginning. When Mashiach comes, it will be the beginning of time. We'll have a date. We'll say on this day Mashiach came, the temple came down from heaven. Mashiach revealed himself. All the Jews, whatever, all the goodies. And everybody will know it started on this day. And then we'll be able to count. Today is the second day since Mashiach came. It's a week, it's a month, it's a year. So what does it mean it, it won't have a start? The answer is the divinity, the divine energy. We're not talking about the, the power, the life force that's then going to be present in the world is going to be a life force that doesn't have a beginning and not an end. And obviously, as a result of that, it's going to change the dynamics of existence. Why? Because what's going to be revealed and present in the world, the Ein Sof. And the Ein Sof doesn't have a beginning, as it doesn't have an end. doesn't have a beginning. V'tichla doesn't have an end. Because God always is, and not, he's not even within the context of time. And when he himself is revealed, and there is no beginning and there is no end. And therefore, from the very beginning, which is, it's, it doesn't say beginning. That's why it's, 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 it's aruch. It's long. It's, there's, no, there's no limit. 
when that reveals itself, we're, de- we're dealing in absolute limitlessness existence. She'ein loy tichlor has no begin. Tichlor has no beginning, but tichlor has no end. Lachein al zeh nemar, and that's why it says about that, Ani avaya elokechem. I am God, your God. Why? Because compared to that revelation, Shem Avaya, the name of Avaya that is now all we can aspire for, Yehnech of Uz will then be, which is what's experienced in Gan Eden and all these, and that's why they're having such an awesome, pleasurable experience up there. It's going to be considered, as we said before, cheap, cheap stuff. Yehnech of Uz will be considered like the name of Elokim, because in Shem Avaya there is a beginning. Because it will be revealed at that time, such a great revelation. From the infinite one, blessed is he. That is above and beyond the name of Yudke Vavke. And that's the revelation of his great name, like that we spoke about, Shmei Rabbah, which is the point of all of our mitzvahs and all of our observance. And we can possibly say, adds a little footnote, we can say. This is what it says, Beis Pamim, two times, Kiem Yisrael your name will be Israel. Where do we find that two times? When, 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 when Yaakov, when Yaakov, um, when Yaakov got his name changed, which we discussed earlier in the discourse, when Jacob got his name changed and he was called Israel, it was, it was, it was, it was informed to him twice. Once by the angel, after he was wrestling, wrestling with the malach, with the angel, the angel tells him um, uh, that, wow, that uh, you, you, your name will not be Yaakov, Yisrael will be Yisrael. And then later, Hashem himself appears to Yaakov and he tells him, your name is, not, your name is now Yisrael. The first time it was said through the angel. And the second time, oh, so what is, what is it? Why, does he have to ha- why did Yaakov have to hear it twice? And the answer is like this. Humanity and the entire world is conditioned from its very existence and from its very creation, and therefore it can only max out. Hum- humanity can connect to the divine, but only to the divine that's available and accessible within the cosmos, within creation. One can ascend past the physical barriers and ascend up to more spiritual levels. And from the spiritual, they can ascend even to higher levels of spiritual levels of consciousness and connection through meditation, through being some kind of a you know, monk and sitting in a, in a monastery and, and doing deep transcendental meditations. And I'm talking about, yeah, believe, not God forbidden with idol worship, but believing in one God and trying to connect to his, to his truth and one can go higher and higher, but you'll never break the barrier of the name of Elohim. You'll always remain within the limited life. You'll, you, a person can experience the, the divine, but the energies of the divine that are invested in creation, that, and we know that that is multi-layered, multi-multi-multi-layered, so one can go high. As we said earlier, Elohim is many, many, is, is, is manifests in the plural, many, many levels, and one can go higher, but you can't break free of that. The novelty of the Jew which is through Jacob, who's our forefather, is that God gave him an exit. He took him out of Egypt. That's the idea. And that's what he told him. You've ministered over Elohim. You've broken out of the, of the uh, gravitational pull of gravity of the world. You've broken out. You're floating above it all. 
And therefore, you can reach true transcendental energy. And true transcendental energy is the name Yudke Vavke. And that's the meaning, Kisarisa, you've ministered over, over Havaya, over the godliness of creation, and you can connect to the godliness that's above and above and beyond creation, which is what? The name Havaya, Yudke Vavke. But then, that's what the angel tells him. And therefore, you're, that's when you ministered over angels. Angels are also connected only to the name of Elohim. But you're beyond. You're superior to us. That was the first meeting. Then God tells Yaakov a second time that your name is not going to be Havaya. Your name is going to be, I'm sorry, your name is not going to be Yaakov. Your name is going to be Yisrael. Why does he have to repeat the second time? Because God is now elevating Yaakov and telling him you're not only not only have you ascended the name of Elohim, but you have ascended even the name of Yudke Vavke, and you're connecting, you have access to Shmoy HaGadol. This leap is much, much greater. This is, an, this is infinitely greater than the first leap. Incomparably higher. Which I'm giving you access to Shmoy HaGadol, to his great name, Shmei Rabbah. You're transcending even the name of Avaya, and that's also called Yisrael, Sarisa Elohim, because compared to where you're going, what is currently Havaya is really also considered Elohim. So, uh, so again, the intention of the first time when he spoke to the angel, that's the revelation of Yudke Vavke. You ministered over Elohim. And when was this revelation to the Jewish people? When did this happen? To us, at Sinai. At Sinai, we experienced transcendental godliness. Shehoya Bahar Sinai. This was at, at Sinai. We got to experience Havaya, the godliness that transcends time and space. It was, it was beyond. But then, Upam Shnia, the second time, it was said to him from God himself, came Yisrael, your name is going to be Israel. What's that mean? Zahamachavin. This is that the intention is even a higher revelation. Which is what? His, his true great name. And when is that going to be revealed? In the Messianic era. Not even at Sinai. It can be revealed later. Now, the transcendence of Havaya means to what? To his great name. What, is, what name is that? So he's explained that's also Yudke Vavke. But it's a Yudke Vavke that's not really letters. Because the Zohar says there's two levels of Yudke Vavke. There's Yudke Vavke that could be captured in letters in the Yudke. And then there is an essential Yudke Vavke that's the, it's called Avaya Dali'ela, the upper Yudke Vavke. And where do we find that there's such a thing? Because you see in, 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 um, You see that um, in the 13 attributes of mercy, you find the Torah repeats two times Havaya. Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachum Bachana, two times Havaya. And if you look in the Chumash, you'll see that between the first Havaya and the second time it mentions Gazin, there is a line, there's a wall, showing us that it's not just the same, it's not the same name, even though it's the same letters. The Zohar said one is the upper, higher Havaya, one is the lower Havaya. And, and, they're, so, and they're so separated, meaning there's, there's no comparison between one and the other. So, what we have over here is Elohim. We have the lower Yudke Vavke, which is currently the Yudke Vavke. And then we have a higher Yudke, a much deeper. 
And what the angel was saying is you're going to transcend Elohim and connect to Havaya, which is the lower Yud Kivavke. And what God was saying to Yaakov, I'm giving you access to transcend even the lower Havaya and to tap into the higher Havaya, which is essentially what we spoke earlier, uh, Shmei Rabba, his great name, which is beyond there. And there is a psik time. I mean, between the two Havayas, there is a separation, as we said earlier. The shame Avaya Deliela and the higher name of Avaya Zeo Inyan Shmayagadol. This is the idea of his great name. By the way, in the mimer that I hope to teach in the afternoon, with God's help today, because I'm a little backlog. Um, the Alter Rebbe says that every time it mentions in one pasuk two times Havaya, even if it's not the two words together, Havaya Havaya. But um, every time it mentions in one pasuk, two times Havaya, two times Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, it's referring to these two levels of Havaya. So Parshas Chukas, this week's Torah portion, the opening verse. Vaidaber Hashem el Moshe Lemar, Havaya spoke to Moshe saying, and the verse is continuous. It's not usually Vaidaber Hashem Moshe Lemar is a separate verse. Here it's one pasuk. Zos Chukas Torah. This is the statue, statute of the Torah. Ashetziva Havaya Lemar, that Havaya commanded. So in one verse, it mentions two times Havaya. So the Alter Rebbe explains the same idea that he's explaining over here. Vaidaber Havaya is the lower Yudke Vavke. And he is saying, this is the Chukasator, Ashetziva Havaya, that the higher Havaya is commanding. So you see the same idea, I'm just connecting it to the parish, this week's parish. This is what we're aspiring to, the higher Havaya, which is called Yeheshmei Rabbah, his great name. And this revelation wasn't at Sinai. It's going to be in the future. Speedily nowadays, Amen, the Alter Rebbe says. Look in the writings of the, of the Ramosha Alshech. Also in Ian Yaakov, in the end of the first chapter of Brachas, they asked the question, why twice? According to what we say, it's not a repetition. It's complete two different levels. We're talking about barrier breaking on two different barriers, on a much higher level. Okay, so now we understand what the idea is. I am God, your Elohim. I am God, which, which to the level of I am that's coming, even Havaya and Elohim are going to be equal. The lower Havaya is going to be equal to Elohim because the very higher Havaya, which is considered Ani, my very self, that's going to be revealed. But why does it say Ani Hashem Elokechem? Your, Ani Hashem Elohim. What does it mean, I am yours, Elokechem? He's talking to Israel. The answer is God says it's yours. You're going to feel it's yours. You know why? Because you produced it. Shalachem. It's yours, Ki Yisrael, because Israel, the Jewish people, they are the ones who have drawn it down through our observance of the commandments. They're the ones who draw it through prayer and observance. This incredible, powerful revelation. In which 
through our service, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring this, this, this revelation that's going to make Havaya be the same like Elohim. And like it says, where else do we find that it's the Jewish responsibility and the Jewish um, 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 objective to, to, to accomplish this, to do this? We say, when we went out of the Egypt and we sang the song by the sea, it says, Ad Yavid Amcha Havaya, until your nation, Havaya will, simply it says that, you know, it's a prayer the Jewish people sang and they said, to, they said, cast upon them a fear, upon the enemies of Israel, cast upon, a, upon them a fear and a dread, Ad Yavid Amcha Hashem, until they will cross until they will cross, Amcha, your people, Amcha Hashem, your people, God, until they will cross, Adyavor, until they will cross, Amzu Kanisa, this nation that you have acquired, that you have purchased. So until your people, God, will cross, make every cross into Israel, until cast the fear on all our enemies. That's the simple meaning. The deeper meaning is not Amcha Hashem, your people, God. Adyavor, until we will cross Amcha, your people, who will they cross? Not they will cross the river or cross the sea or cross into Israel, cross the border. Until they will cross Havaya. In other words, until they will bypass the godliness of Yudke Vavke to what's beyond Yudke Vavke, to the higher Yudke Vavke. So the, it actually says it twice. Ad Yavar, until they will cross Amcha, they will cross Elohim, and they will get to Havaya. And we will tap into Havaya. And then Ad Yavar, until we will cross even Havaya and even beyond that. Ad Yavar, Am Chavai, Vahayna Al Yadei Allah, through this going out. And when did we sing that? When we went out of Egypt. It's through the going out of this experience, through, through these two, and again, we spoke earlier, in order to, to, to reach this great revelation, we have to do two things. Number one, yearn for it and aspire for it. And the other one, do mitzvahs in which we channel it. It's through going out of Egypt, and then drawing it down. So we just learned that we're the ones responsible for it. You're the ones who do it. Because through your work, you accomplish it. But yet he says, we can't accomplish it without incredible divine assistance. And we're empowered by God. That's why the verse says, I am God, you're God. You're God because you did it, but at the same time, that I have taken you out of Egypt. Don't think that you have the ability to power yourself up to break out of all levels of, ident of existence, identifiable existence, that you can free yourself from all of this. You can't do it. I'm behind you, picking you up, rising, raising you up, be up and above and beyond all definitions and all limitations to touch my essence. That's why it says, I took you out of Egypt. Because without God's assistance, we would all fall for the trappings of the, of, of the narrowness, the narrowness of life, of the physical and or even the world, that even the spiritual, but it's called all narrow, that would seduce us continuously to, to, be, to, be, to be obsessed with what the physical world has to offer. And we would not aspire to God. We would just enjoy, you know, good lunches and the like and not think about deep meditative prayer. 
Because even this yearning, that's coming from below upward, as well, we're yearning from below to reach to Hashem to break free. Which is going out of Egypt. Don't think you're doing it on, on your own. See, I have taken you out. What does that mean? Because if we would not have divine assistance, we could never accomplish it. Like it says, there's a verse that says, we thank God, why? Because he stands to the right side of a poor man, of a destitute being. To save him from those who judge his soul. What does that mean? Those who judge our soul means there are other voices inside of us that tell us, let's eat and drink, be merry, have a good time in the physical world, because there's nothing past the physical. Let's have a good time. This is, this is where life is at. Let's have a good time. And forget about this quest, this yearning. So it says that God stands. That's the, those who judge our soul. Judge means that a judge gives an opinion. So in the part of the human psyche is that we constantly get opinionated. The opinions of the animalistic self, of the Yetzirah, the evil inclination that says, come on, stop with the spiritual stuff. Enjoy life. You're only going to live once. Enjoy yourself down here. Forget about pursuing the divine. And sometimes that voice is very convincing. And that voice is very tempting. And we can lose sight and become overly, overly caught up in just living the physical existence. And then we're not in any way channeling what we we're meant to channel. So God stands. What does the verse say? God stands to the right side. Because on the right side is where we have the Yetzir Tov, the, the, the good inclination. And sometimes the good voice which tells us what we're really all about as Jews in this world, is not strong enough to battle the left voice, the voice coming from the left side. Sometimes our holier convictions are overshouted and over, overstated by the animal convictions. So we need divine assistance. So we have to pray every day, God, help me make the right choices. Help me stay focused in life. And God helps. Canal, as we said earlier, and that's why it says that I, God, am taking you out of Egypt. Now the Alter Rebbe continues. Now this whole process of connecting the world to God, to God's very self, and channeling Him into the world, as we spoke earlier, is through our the, the, the Jewish activity, through our observance in this world. Now the Jewish observances, till now we spoke mainly of two elements. One is transcendence and the other one is flow, downloading. One is to uploading, uploading our soul to yearn for God, and the other one is a download. So it's mainly two powers. Um, he says, but really the sages say it's three. The world stands on Allah Torah, on Torah study, Allah Avoda on worship, which is prayer or sacrifices, when there was a temple, and on acts of kindness, which, as we see, is mainly not only kindness, but all mitzvot, all observance of physical commandments. They're all considered in the part of this. So three main, main activities that we do. So now, avoda, which is prayer, which is service, means the going out of Egypt that we spoke earlier, the ascendance, the prayer experience, the lifting ourselves up from the 
from the narrowness and to search and to yearn for the infinite. That's the raising of feminine waters. It's called feminine waters, like a bride who's yearning to be with her husband. Here it is, the feminine water, or like a wife that's yearning to be with her husband. It's we, the creations that are separated from the infinite, are yearning to reconnect to the infinite. So it's called raising of feminine waters. From below upwards, the fact that we're nullifying our yesh, our somethingness, we're going out of beingness and seeking and seeking what is undefined, what is infinite, into non-beingness. And that's the recital of the Shema, the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and going out of Egypt, the Vitfila and prayer. It's all one. It's all one expression of ascendance. Then we have Torah and Gemilas Chasadim, Torah study and mitzvahs are all about the downloading. Um, they're, they're the downloading, the drawing down, from up down into the world. After we lift up man, we raise up our feminine waters. I'm uh, sorry, I'm sorry. After the raising of the feminine waters, or the mayanukvin of the feminine waters. But, 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 but why is it two? Torah and Gemilas Chasadim. So he explains. Because these are two different downloads. Torah is drawing down godliness in a way that we can really internalize it. Because when we're learning Torah, we're grasping, we're understanding, we're absorbing what? We're absorbing divine concepts. Now, even though what we're studying is a, seems to be a legal, a legal um, concept, a de- dealing with some kind of resolving a legal dispute, so it's very physical, and very, or we're learning the laws of uh, Shabbos, how to observe Shabbos, or the laws of how to tithe, and truma, whatever, all laws of kashrut, and all these are all seem to be just physical concepts. Embedded in this is the inner, innermost of God's wisdom, all the way, all the way up to the innermost of God's pleasure, is where it's stemming from. So God Himself is there, and we are what, when we understand it well, when we learn it, we incorporate it, we really, we make it part of our thinking. We really get it. So what happens is the infinite, the transcendental one, that's beyond Havaya, has now become integrated into us and we become completely one with him. It's awesome. Like it says regarding Torah, and your Torah is inside my intestines. That's the ultimate idea of internalization. Because when you eat something, it becomes you. The food becomes you. Your digest, your 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 Stomach digestion is digests the food so much it breaks it down until it makes it part of your bloodstream. So the same is with godliness. We can so integrate the infinite into our being through Torah. Gomilas Chasadim, and then the acts of charity, which is the other pillar, is a more external hamshach. It's a more external meaning when we're doing a mitzvah. We're surrounded by a godly energy. We don't internalize it because we don't, we don't, we're not absorbing. We're surrendering to God's will. And there's something to say about that. First of all, it's affecting more our body, not just our soul, which is more the, our mind, our inner being. It's affecting our physical body. But number two, it's allowing the godly light to remain more, less compressed and more reflective of its infinity 
because we don't have to internalize. When you're internalizing, obviously you're, even though the point over here is that we're not diluting godliness, we're experiencing God's very self, but it's in a way that we're really compressing it when we need to internalize it. But when we don't need to internalize it, we can just allow it to envelop us so then we can allow the energy to re be more free and more infinite and touch it in its infinite presentation as opposed to its compressed state. So, and that's through mitzvah, more in the external. With you establish us. You hold us. It's our base, which is like external. However, it says... The verse, there's a verse, actually it's in Lamentations, in Echa. It says, the kindness of God, has never ended. It doesn't end. The kindness is... Now the word, it doesn't say chesed. It should have said chesed Hashem. The kindness of God. Chaste Hashem means the kindnesses of God. Implying kindness in the plural. It's plural. So when we say gemilas chasadim, there's two levels of chesed. Two levels of chesed. Like it says in Zohar. Is chesed, is chesed. There's two complete different levels of kindness. One of them is One is the great, incredible, higher chesed. God's infinite kindness that's going to be revealed in the future that we spoke about before the incredible revelation that's going to be at the time of the messianic time and primarily in the time of the resurrection of the dead. God's infinite kindness coming from, as we spoke earlier, from his great name, higher than Yudkei Vavkei, or if it's related to Yudkei Vavkei, the higher Yudkei Vavkei, the Shmei Rabbah, the great name. And this it says, from this level, on this level of kindness it says, V'chasti, my kindness, my true kindness, me'itach from you, lo yomush, will never depart. I won't separate. Forever and ever you'll experience that kindness. And that level is also called nikra v'rav chesed. It's called abundance of kindness. As we know that one of the ways it refers to when it says... Um, in the 13 Attributes of Mercy, it says, V'rav chesed ve'emes, that God, one of God's attributes is that he's rav chesed, he's abundant of, he's abundantly kind and true. So this level of kindness called chasti, my kindness, is also called rav chesed. It's called abundant chesed. It's chesed of the level of the deepest of chesed of Atik Yom and the chesed of Keter, of the inner element of Keter, as we spoke earlier, that the inner element of Keter is, is, is associated with God's very self. But however, he says like this, everything that comes into the world needs to have what we call oil and keli, light and vessels. So what we're really after is the light. What we're really after is this energy, this infinite energy revealed in the days of Mashiach. But in order for us to contain it, there has to be some kind of a vessel. So in order to have a vessel for this boundless kindness, there is another level of kindness. And that's called, it's impossible, she is galus erma maila. There can't be a revelation of light from above. There should be some kind of a keli there has to be some kind of a base for this light to dwell. 
that has to be able to connect to something. So where is it connecting to? The keli. And a seat for him to dwell on. So it's not really that it's a vessel in terms of containable. It can't contain. This whole point of it is uncontainable. It's infinite. But it still needs to be a, a, a base for, for where it can for where it can manifest. That's the second level of kindness. Which on this kindness, it says, it's also divine kindness. It's also not talking about human kindness. We're talking about divine kindness. But it's divine kindness that is already has already some kind of a container. And on this is where we talk about when we speak about the attributes, the godly attributes above. So divine attributes above um, of the world of Atsilus, which the world of Atsilus is a divine, is a, is, a, is a godly world. And over there, we speak about Hashem's emotions, God's emotions. And one of the emotions are kindness. This kindness is already considered a kindness that has a container, it has a vessel. Or an attribute of kindness, not, not, not essential kindness, not the kindness as it is one with the essence of God, but more like a specific, a specific program, a specific power, which is one with God, but still a specific. And on this it says, line. When it speaks about the spherot above, it says there are God create or or or, or designed gufin. Bodies, which chesed yamina, which we call the kindness of God, it's called the right arm, the right hand of God. Shubchenas keli, which this serves as as a, an, a keli, as a vessel, legili or rav chesed to the revelation of the abundant of chesed. Hanel that we said before. So put it this way: the higher kindness is going to be gifted to us when Mashiach comes. It's going to reveal itself down here below. What we are responsible to do, and we, we stimulate it through our yearning and so on and so forth. But when we want to download it, we need to download also a vessel. The Kelizeh and the container that we download is when we sink ourselves with the, with the supernal being where God is in the image of a man. And, 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 and the kindness of that man is his right hand. So when we're sinking our lives with that, with, with, the, with, the, with, with the divine vessel, that's only a container for this infinite, and as we said before, container meaning just a place where it can dwell on. So when we synchronize ourselves with that kindness, how is that? Through acts of tzedakah. Because our actions that we do tzedakah are not infinite tzedakah. I mean, how much as we do, they're all finite. So it's really just a manifestation of God's kindness that he does with creation currently, which is more of a, more of a contained kind of a kindness. But what it does is, in which, we, in which our right hand, our physical hand, is now synchronizing and unifying and attaching itself to God's right hand, as it is considered a hand, which is a vessel, and that will become the, the base for the infinity of kindness. Rav chesed to reveal itself in the days of Mashiach. The keli is lamata, and this keli below is the inyan gemilas chasadim. This is our gemilas chasadim that we do. 
Chesed Roya Yemina, the kindness that we do, which is related to the God's right hand of kindness. Now, really, when we say structuring our right hand so that we can receive, it's not just the right hand. It's all the mitzvot that we do, which create vessels, which these vessels are, again, similar to the divine being. Also, God as he's called man, which is already some way contained, in which our mitzvahs are all which we do below is we create, we form our limbs in accordance to his limbs. And that's by living a Jewish life according to Torah and doing all the mitzvot. 248 limbs, 248 mitzvahs, we synchronize with God's image above and it's perfect harmony. Then as a result of that, the infinite kindness can reside. Now if so, why, is it, why are we emphasizing only gemilat chasadim if we have to build an entire body, not just the right hand? So he says the right hand is the most powerful part of the person. And therefore it says that all the limbs follow the right hand. And that's, I don't know why, versus the head, but in terms of, I guess, the limbs below the head, the right hand is, is the dominant. Everything goes after the right hand. So the idea is, when we say doing chesed and mitzvahs, it really represents all mitzvahs, not just chesed, because as they're all, as he says, v'chol everything is going after the right, because that's the dominant energy. So what he's really saying is that there is a, in addition to the actual drawing down, which we draw down the pure energy on this infinite level, we have to create containers. And our mitzvah observance that we do is primarily on the container level, which will, which will facilitate eventually the manifestation of the Ein Sof. And just like it is in mitzvahs, that what we are doing now obviously is not rav chesed mitzvahs because we can't, we can't operate in infinite because we're finite. When we can do the mitzvahs the way God commanded us in Shulchan Aruch, for example, tzedakah, you give, you tithe, you give a tenth, or you go even higher, you give a fifth, but even that will always be finite. But yet it will serve as a container for the higher kindness. And just like it is in one level of download, which is gemilas chasadim, which is the more the external download that we spoke earlier, so too in the internal download, which is Torah, which we spoke earlier through Torah, we internalize godliness and become one with it. Over here as well, we have to realize that there's two levels of Torah. We study the Torah that's more the container. And then what's going to be revealed to us when Mashiach comes, just like the kindness is going to be the higher kindness, so too the Torah that's going to be revealed to us when Mashiach comes is an infinite Torah that we're not even capable of learning now. But what we do is we create the vessel. So through the Torah that we learn now, we're just creating the vessels that we have something to be able to allow that infinite wisdom to dwell upon us. There's two levels of Torah. Of this, that it says, in the Torah of, it says in Tehillim, it says that Ashraya Ish, fortune is the person that does not go after the wicked advice from the Yetzirah and so on and so forth. The first chapter in Tehillim, in the Torah of God is his desire. So you see, the Torah is called Torah's Havaya, the Torah of Hashem. In the very same chapter in Tehillim, it concludes, Ubitayrasa Yege Yomam Valila. And he and, and and in his Torah he diligently studies day and night. 
So the sages asked the question, why in the beginning does it refer to Torah's Havaya, the Torah of Yud Kevavke? It's as if it's God's Torah. And then it refers to it as Torah our Torah. So the sages answer that in the beginning when a person learns, you're not yet, you haven't created a Torah head. You're still a mundane head. You're learning Torah. So in that stage, the Torah is God's Torah that you're learning. But when a person really learns and 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 really assimilates it, your very brain becomes a Torah head and therefore the Torah is your Torah. Totally yours. You're thinking Torah. It's, it's, it's who you are and what you are. So he's, okay. So that's the simple meaning. Now he's going to explain it on a more mystical understanding. Torah's Havaya is the, is the level, just like in Tzedakah we said, is Rav Chesed, the infinite Chesed. Torah's Havaya is the Torah as it is purely infinite. The infinite wisdom. Torah as it is. Never been revealed yet. Torah is the Torah as it comes down and more relatable to creation, to the world. Torah as we studied, study it today. So, Pirish Torah Savayu, Pchenes Torah Shalomayla. The Torah's Havaya is the Torah that's above. Chachme Ilah, that's the supernal wisdom. It hasn't even been revealed yet. It's going to be revealed when Mashiach comes. But just like in Tzedakah, we have to make a vessel for it. Okay, and the vessel. And the seat for, where, for, for which it can manifest in, is the lower Torah, the lower wisdom. And this it says, and in, the, and in the person's Torah, we diligently study, we speak about it all the time. Why is he talking about suddenly this idea? That there is a, there is two, in, Again, he said there is uploading, that's Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, the, 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 the yearning. The, then there is the downloading, which is accomplished not through prayer, but through Torah and mitzvahs. But the download, he said, is not going to be revealed until Mashiach comes. That's when we're going to see its light. So, and, the, and then suddenly he goes in to explain how in order for that to manifest, when Mashiach comes, we have to create these vessels and containers for it. In tzedakah, meaning in the exter- in the in the flow that's going to encompass us, we 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 which which that flow and download happens through tzedakah and all the other mitzvahs. We create the vessel through it through the lower level of tzedakah, which only becomes a revel- the lower level of chesed, which becomes a recipient for the higher chesed, becomes a base. And in Torah, which is the other downloading in which we internalize it, there's also two levels, our Torah that we study today, which is the, the only a base for the higher Torah that's going to be when Mashiach comes. Why is he suddenly mentioning that? It's because he's in Mefarish, the Pasuk, he's explained the Pasuk, why it says twice, Ani Hashem Elokechem. In the last Pasuk of the Shema, we say, Ani Hashem Elokechem, I am God your God, that I took you out of Egypt to be for you for a God, Ani Hashem Elokechem, I am God your God. What's the repetition two times Ani Hashem Why twice? So he explains. The Ani Hashem is referring to the revelation of God, the downloading, which comes as a result of I have taken you out of Egypt. Again, why is God downloading to us? Because we're yearning for Him. And God enables us to yearn to Him every day through the Shema, through this, through this recognition of truth and where we reject all the pleasures of the world and all we want is Him. That's what stimulates. That's what reaches Him. That's what causes Him to be interested in a relationship. 
And then in the words, he's basically saying, I am downloading myself to you. But why twice the download? Because the, the download comes in two, in two parts. Nowadays, in our days, we're, we're, downloading the, <laughs> we're downloading primarily the containers, the vessels, the lower chesed and the lower Torah. And then eventually, and that too, even the lower download, is on a level where Havai and Elohim is equal. Because it's a container, and therefore it's one with the true higher Havai, the ultimate. In other words, what we're doing right now in Torah and Mitzvahs, even though it's not in a revealed way, this Shmoy Hagodol, this great name that, is, that, is, that, that equalizes Havai and Elohim, yet it's the container for it. And since it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the container, it's the software that we need now in order to be able to run that program, even in this, it's already related to Ani, he himself, to God's very self, where Havai and Elokechem are equal. But why does it say twice? Is because the first Ani Hashem Elokechem is the download as we are experiencing it today. And Ani Hashem Elokechem is its revelation that's going to be when Mashiach comes, where the chesed below that we've downloaded and the Torah that we've downloaded of the lower, of the lower Torah, Torah so, and the chesed, uh, as he said, the, 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 the lower chesed, is now going to be a keli and a vessel and a container to allow for the second manifestation, Ani Avaya Elokechem, where the Rav chesed, the infinite chesed, and Torah Savaya, Chachmi Ilah, and the higher Chachma is going to reveal itself in this world. These are the two times, Ani Hashem So one is referring more on the keli, on the vessel, which is something that's happening currently now, and the other one is referring to its, the, 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 the actual opening it up and, and allowing the program, the, 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 the infinite to, to really reveal itself, that's going to happen after Mashiach comes. Um, and that's the idea of two times the first one is referring to the actual doing of mitzvahs today that's the Torah that we study below which is the God's right hand and this chachman, this chesed, who is a, is a vessel, lekabel to receive gilui teiras avaya, the revelation of teiras avaya, the chesed, the legav, and the higher chesed, she is galul asad that's going to be revealed, the internal chesed, which is the infinite, infinite chesed, she is galul asad that's going to be revealed in the future. Bimheda biyamenu amen. Let it be speedily in our days. Shu inyan avin aniyavayelakechem, and which is the aniyashemelokechem anemarshenis, that says it a second time. And now the altar So now we explain both Ani Hashem Lekechem's why twice. And now he's going to explain why, now we understand why it was this verse which speaks about the going out of Egypt and why this is connected to the Shema, like we spoke at the beginning of the discourse. Now we'll understand why this Pasuk was instituted by the Shema. Because we explained earlier. The Yetzias Mitzrayim is connected to Shema. What's Shema? Shema is the ultimate declaration. That creation, that existence, the world, and everything that it has. My car, my, my, my house, my business, everything. Everything that I have, all my pleasures and things that I have, is all meaningless. It's all nothing. From the true perspective, it's all nothing. 
and it all utterly, utterly nothing, everything. <laughs> my vacations, my goings, my seeings, my experience of everything, garnished, meaningless. And even my spiritual experience is also meaningless. Meaning all the all the experiences that I have, if even if I even my wisdom, my knowledge, my understanding, it's all nothing. The only one that truly exists and is is you. That's called going out of Egypt. That's why when you're saying Shema, you're going out of Egypt. That's why. The actual restating of Shema and recognizing this and aspiring for this is the exodus of Egypt. That's why this, it's not two separate mitzvahs. That's why the, we, we connect the going out of Egypt to the Shema. It's part of the Shema. Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim is to go out of narrowness, igvulim and limitations. To be able to nullify our somethingness, which is ourselves and the world around us, which seems to be so important and so something and so... This idea of giving ourselves over in the oneness of God, of the Shema. And also, so number one, the actual exodus itself is the Shema. That's when we reach exodus. That's when we're going out of Egypt. But that's the, that's the upload. Now he's going to explain that the download as well. Why is God responding and allowing him and, and even, and, 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 and he's, what do you mean? As we do, well, we said earlier, as a result of this, we can download God Himself into the world. Why? Because we said earlier that through this exit, through this action of, of, of which is unexpected above, that a creature that is blocked with so much blockages should still recognize truth. It's so amusing to God. It's so exciting. It's so un- And that's why he gets, he's, he's interested in a relationship with us. So the download is also a result of this upload. Through this nullification of our yesh, through this through this we ascend to being to capture God's God's head, and that's the reason also that he explained Hashem Hashem Echad is connected to Yitzis Mitzrayim, but also Li Rosh to be God's head, to be connected to the skull level, to the infinite level, is through this is through this ascendance. So Shema Yisrael and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, it's all, it's all one idea. This is the Avoda. This is all upward, which is the raising of feminine waters. And afterwards there needs to be Torah study. And acts of goodness and kindness and, and mitzvahs, which is all the downloading. And all these things, these three things, mirubazim bepasakzeh, are all hinted to in this verse. I've taken you out of Egypt. That's the upload. That's the elevation. That's the breaking free of the constrictions of limited existence. And then it says twice, ani Hashem. Oh, so earlier he explained that the two times ani Hashem is one of them is the, the downloading of Torah mitzvahs today's days. And the other one is the downloading of the revelation of what has been inside the download, which is going to be in the days of Mashiach. That the Hani Avaya is the Hamshacha, the drawing down of Torah and Gemil's Chasadim. See, I, I, when I was preparing this year, I, I realized I read it wrong. I thought he's suddenly changing. He's saying one is Torah and one is Gemil's Chasadim. No. Two times Hani Avaya are. Each one, Ani Hashem Elokechem, each one independently is both Ani Hashem Elokechem through Torah and mitzvahs. It's only the reason why it's twice is because the Torah and mitzvahs as we are doing them today, which is vessel, 
and Torah and mitzvahs that is going to, the, the pnimius of it, the, the opening up of it, which is going to be in the days of the future. That's why they instituted this Pasuk over here. To be part of the Yitzhiya. That's why, in other words, this explains why we, we don't say the verse, you should remember the day you went out of Egypt, all the days of your life. Because there it's talking only about ascendance. And that's not the point of the Shema. The point of the Shema is ascendance and then descending, drawing down, bringing God into the world. And for that you need this verse that explains which is the point of all the, of drawing godliness down. And that will also connect, understand why this Pasuk is stated by Tzitzis, out of all Mitzvahs. And this is also the connection of this verse, Tafka, the Pasha of Tzitzis. Because by Tzitzis you find we the mitzvah of tzitzis reflects the, the concept of Torah and mitzvahs. It's the one mitzvah that re- reflects the whole idea beyond Torah. We said earlier Torah is internalization. Mitzvahs is encompassing. Ta- when you look at a talus, the talus itself, you wrap yourself in the talus. So that's like the effect of a mitzvah, being wrapped up in, God, in godliness. The mitzvah is a wrap. And a talus represents that. You see that? You're wrapped up in godliness. But in the end of the talus, there's these little fringes, which rep- and they come from the talus. So that represents a little bit of that encompassing wrapped light is able to be internalized. And 32 represents the 32 pathways of wisdom. And that's what Torah is. It's the wisdom. It's 32 pathways of wisdom. And the talus, the makif. They represent the two levels of So if you need one mitzvah, that's the prototype of all mitzvahs. It's an example of all the mitzvahs. Because Torah goes into internalized. These are the 32 strands. Which are the 32 pathways of wisdom. It's also interesting because we eat, we eat with our mouth, and the top one internalization happens through food, and there are thirty-two teeth. It's an interesting idea, thirty-two teeth, because that's how you chew it, and that's how you break it down into small, and that's the only way you can internalize something is to break it down in small. Thirty-two, similar to the thirty-two, related to the thirty-two pathways of wisdom. Doesn't say that over here. I just remembered. The gemilas chasadim chesed yamina, and then the second element is gemilas chasadim, which is chesed, which is the right hand of God. The yamina chapkeni is right hand embraces us. Kamoyat talus, which is reflected in the talus, shulavush umakiv, which is a garment and encompassing. Moshekasu makamachar is stated elsewhere. Vaoidzois, and another idea. The tzitzis referred to Torah, but the tzitzis can also be a referring not to the two types of downloading but to the upload and the download. This one mitzvah has the going out of Egypt part and the, and the drawing down. Why? Because the tzitzis can also be an indication or symbol, symbolizing or they encapsulate the love, the emotions. Because tzitzis are white and blue. The real tzitzis they used to make is they would make a blue, a one strand dyed blue. We know the blue strand is supposed to bring a person to fear of God. Because it's, say, just say the blue, the same color of the sea. The sea is the same color of the sky. And the sky is the color 
of the throne of glory, which causes, brings fear, strikes fear. The white represents love. So this whole idea of, the, of prayer is through love and fear, love and awe of God. That's the ascendance. To love and the fear. This is the avod. So either it's the two, two elements of the download, or it's the upload and the download. Now the last uh, footnote, or rather a parenthesis of the Tzemach Tzedek, and the idea of, the, we turn over the page to page 98, just the last tiny piece, the world stands on three things, we can understand it, based on what it says in Zohar HaRakiah, in Seif Pashas Truma, it's a Pirish on the Zohar, but what it says in the Zohar over there, when she, we receive from between the two arms, so there he explains, again, I didn't look up the Zohar, he explains that Atzilus is completed in three Bechinois, Kiel, sorry, not Kiel. Kiel, Abba ve'ima to father and mother, which is Chachman Bina, Kadmo Gimel Ration. It was preceded by the three heads. Ein Shem Shaharech Bezawa. There he explains this idea that before Chachman Bina, there's really three heads, and that three head, and therefore Elchen Kenegad Zes. So corresponding to this, Al Shloishet Vadam Oylem Oymet. The world stands on three. Moshekas of Sham, and when you look over there, Gamken Shaharech Gimel Dvaram Anel. We'll understand the connection of these three things. Shehem val yadam dafka with them and through them. Nimshach b'chinas hakadosh baruch hu aberation that causes God to shake his head. If I would have learned that, I would have been much smarter. But I didn't learn it. Yeah. gives us some homework to do, which I didn't do, so I can give you that. This is the completion of that mimer we started two weeks ago. And stay tuned, as Hashem. I still have a few things to do today before I can get to this. But Be'ezer Sashem, I do plan on teaching a second time today. At least we should get started a mimer on Pasha's Chukas on this week's Torah portion. Thank you so much. It's a long Friday, a long pre-Shavas, so we can do a lot of submersion in Hasidus.